What up? This is DJ D-Dime, and listen to Cool Kids Radio Urban Education on Saturday nights, Saturday nights, 10 to midnight, as we do it right, playing old school, new school, hip-hop and R&B, and we play local artists, Glass City Stand Up. If you missed the show, we have the replay afterwards, and you can listen to the show throughout the week, 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. on Toledo's only alternative. I, I, I Maybe I did play just a little bit too much. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> you won't hear us playing Judas Priest, but you will be hearing an entertaining sports show with myself, Frank, and David the Man of God Harris on WSUT's After Further Review, airing Saturdays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. and throughout the week with our replay 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. on Toledo's only alternative and your on campus radio station, 88.3 WXUT. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> Do you know that it's one nineteen nineteen? Isn't that crazy, fellas? Yeah. And it's snowing outside on nineteen nineteen. Yeah. It's supposed to be a lot of snow, actually. And the um, uh, Lucas no County is under a level two snow emergency. Are you serious? Yes. When did that happen? I got liar. The, I got the alert from Channel Eleven about six minutes ago. Oh, so we're under a level two. It's not really that bad outside. Stop being wimps. I'm not, I, exactly. Wait, I know. Current I'm, temperature right now is 24 degrees with snow. Tomorrow it'll be 14 with a low of negative four. High on Monday are Martin Luther King Day. Guess what the high is going to be? And don't cheat. This is from the iPhone Accurate Weather Center. I'm going to say 12. Close. 10. Mm-hmm. With a low of zero. But then... On Tuesday, it jumps all the way up to 32, okay. 39 on Wednesday, 29 on Thursday, down to 20 degrees on Friday. Saturday and Sunday will have a high of 12. Um, oh, boy. Yeah, so that's probably going to be. Yeah, so old man winter has woken up or waking up or woken up and uh, is breathing on us. Yeah. But. Guess what? We'll get another hot topic. Of who is the most hated team out of the four major professional sports? And Patriot fans, no, it's not you. So you Tom Brady lovers can just keep loving your team because you're not the most hated. Probably, I think the most respected. Sometimes when you're hated, you're respected. But this goes on the thing of, you know, when you win, people don't like you. But this team was actually a lovable team at first. And then as they started winning and doing the shimmy shakes and blowing teams out, now they're one of the most hated. But I also think the reason why they're kind of hated, too, is because they've added a guy whose personality is a little, how can I say it, harsh. But, David, inform us. Who's the most hated team in all four major professional sports? All right. And so kind of we'll go sport by sport. Let's just get the one that no one cares about out the way. Hockey. Yeah. Well, Frank Frank Vashner cares about hockey, and he has an actual and segment you, on here. And, and David, I know you care about hockey as well. well. The Penguins aren't competing, penguins. competing anymore, so now he doesn't care about it. And I, I don't know if that was a, basically a jab from David, but 
we we we're probably one of the few sports shows in the area that or that actually talks a little bit about hockey that gives it at least a little bit of shine i do know uh anthony bellino's show gives it a little bit but well, he does a little bit more toledo walleye because he's he is associated with the, the the franchise but i would say that on sports radio besides pharrell on the bench on cbs or really cbs sports in general because you know the four-letter word uh, or the five-letter word ESP or well, the four-letter word ESPN doesn't really do much hockey, especially after that whole fallout. Fox doesn't really. So I would say our show and maybe CBS Sports Radio around the country or locally here give some NHL some love. But you're right. It's probably the least cared about sport. But then again, though, they don't really major or market their product properly anyway. But go ahead. Yeah, so if we're going – I think all of these are – Based on more regional rivalries, I think if we go recent time, you look at a team like my Penguins, it's because they're winning because of Sidney Crosby. And it's more of hating Sidney Crosby more than hating the Penguins and their overall success. But in terms of hockey, it's basically wherever you're kind of regionally defined. So for me, if I had to choose the most hated team, like I'll probably say the Penguins, but if I'm looking back, you know, 10, 15 years, and I'm, you know, like Frank, you know, I'm thinking, you know, all the rivalries with you know, Colorado or looking at Chicago or kind of just even looking at, you know, the big six. Like, those are kind of rivalries that make, makes it difficult for hockey to really talk about the most hated team. And I don't know if, Frank, you would agree with that or not. The most hated team in hockey. Mm-hmm. I would say the, the the Penguins are up there. I do know the Red Wings are hated. Now, they're not hated as much because they're not winning, but I know a lot of hockey fans get their tails ruffled and in a feather, so to speak. Ha-ha. Me, I, I would they don't probably. like it because Detroit claims they are hockey town, and a lot of fans are like, no, you're not, especially Islander fans. I know I listen to a lot of sports radio, and – a lot of, especially the, the, some of the teams that have had, like the Islanders had a lot of success in the 70s. Um, some of the original six, you know, teams kind of rubbed them the wrong way. Not more of the newer squads, but some of those teams think that why is Detroit considered hockey town? They don't, they don't believe that. And they think, yeah, uh, they think that that's just some moniker that they made up and that you can't have that self-proclaimed because there's fans out there like Rangers fans or Islanders fans that think that, well, we have two hockey teams, so it should be hockey town here. Or Montreal or Toronto, you know, up in Canada, that's where the real hockey it's like, is. like, that's our sport. Right, that's our sport. So I do honestly, know. Honestly, I think uh, probably the Maple Leafs are one of the more hated teams because they think they're the center of the hockey universe. But and they haven't been winning. But they haven't, I, well, they haven't won a Stanley Cup since 1964. Right, right. And But I, I think they're kind of a love-hate. People like the tradition. The Maple Leaf Gardens was a lovable arena. You're at the Air Canada Center, but but I but I do feel that listening to some other national radio, there is somewhat of a jealousy towards the Red Wings. And there's some people that are actually happy that the Red Wings are next to last place or last place in the standings. It, it just makes them joyous. But remember, for from pretty much think about it from. The early 90s until what? Just a couple seasons ago, they were always in the playoffs and they were winning some cups in that time span. So, that, yeah, that's going to be obviously they're going to be a little bit of hate for the Red Wings there. Uh, next sport, I guess another sport that nobody really cares about is baseball. Who's that? 
Yeah, and obviously it's Yankees, Red Sox are the two biggest hated teams. And again, you can look at regional rivalries. You can look at Dodgers, Giants as kind of the West Coast version of Yankees, Red Sox. But at the end of the day, even if you don't really align or, you know, you want to become a bandwagon fan, you either, you know, you either root for the Yankees to lose or you root for the Red Sox to lose. You can't really. And so, I mean, granted, there are some that root for both to lose because they just don't want the evil empires to reign supreme. But it, I think it is Yankees or Red Sox. You, there's a proverbial line in the sand, and you just have to choose one of the two that you hate more. Hmm. I don't Baseball, I uh... I don't know. Huh. I don't. I think the reason why a lot of people don't like the Yankees is because sort of how the, the the structure of baseball is is that a lot of teams are almost like a minor league system. You get a couple. You get a young star. He grows up in some of these you know mid market mid major market uh, cities, and then once he becomes big, somehow the Yankees have enough money to, to buy him. Buy him. And that really takes people off. And that's why they call them like the, almost the evil empire. Now, there was a time at one point where the Yankees did kind of stink. I think it was pretty much the 80s. The Yankees were kind of not really all that good, especially in the late 80s, the early 90s. They were just dreadful. Um, but you're right. Them and Boston, um, really Boston all around, I believe, is starting to get hated because there's for years, you know, let's think, let's face it, a lot of their teams really sucked. Besides the, the the Celtics in the eighties, but, but before the, but if you take them out of the equation, think about it: the Red Sox, the Red Sox were horrible, the Patriots were horrible, the Bruins were non-existent, and then there was that stretch right after. But if you really think about it, after nineteen ninety two, where all four major uh, four major uh, teams were irrelevant. Yeah, because the the Celtics had their run in the eighties, mm-hmm. and then they fell off, and then they. Kind of, they bounced back in the uh, early. They were up for a little bit in the early two thousands. Yeah, that little with Antoine Walker, Kenny Anderson, Walter Macate. Then they had the big three. Ended up winning a championship. Mm-hmm. Yep. Then they kind of dipped a little bit. Dipped. Now they're now back up, and they're actually not the top team in the East. They are currently sitting in fifth. Mm-hmm. They've been having a little bit of their struggles. So who who is it in um, football? For football, I'm still going to say, while New England is a close second, more recent success, it's still the Dallas Cowboys. And it goes back to the self-proclaimed America's team, regardless of you know paying money to have that moniker, that trademark, and putting it in NFL films. Dallas is the one team that everyone enjoys when they lose. Like, they are... Like any national show, there's Cowboys either fandom or hatred. Usually hatred, and usually we're talking about Stephen A. If we're just gonna be honest, but it's like, is it the yeah. Cowboys? I guess you I, you could say that. There's a lot of fans that don't like the Cowboys, I mean, because, but I think it's because the they were kind of the self-proclaimed America's team, kind of like how Detroit is hockey town. So I think that's where people kind of put the jab in there. So I think they're more hated on self-proclamation than how the Patriots are hated more on winning. Yeah. And, again, regional, you're going to look at, you know, Detroit fans probably hate the Bears and the Packers. You look, I mean, the Steelers fans, we hate Baltimore with a seizing passion. But we also hate Dallas because Dallas thinks that they're the best team and we have six. 
And you don't like so, Cleveland either, just naturally. But you guys yeah. have your own problems, too. A lot of people don't like the Steelers either. I mean, because we have six rings. And, you know, everyone thinks, you know, you know, we're the cream of the crop class organization. Everyone uh, likes the women. Not anymore. What's been going on with you guys, Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, and... Yes, you guys have won a few Super Bowls, but I, you the last 15 years, the cream of the crop has been the Patriots. I mean, you know, I'm not a Patriots lover or Tom Brady, you know, bandwagoner, but you got to say what's true, and that's been the Patriots. Yeah, and that's why I think that's where a lot of the hatred for the Patriots is because of Brady, Belichick. It seems like everywhere, every time you turn around, oh, winning another AFC championship, Oh, going to another Super Bowl. That's kind of, and that promotes that, you know, Tom Brady goat kind of discussion that we started off the show with. And now, what about basketball? I think this is the hardest one, but if we're going to go right, it's similar to the football. Right now, it's the Warriors because they just win and they can go up 190 points seemingly just out of nothing. But I think. If we're going to look long term, you either hate the Lakers or you hate the South. Mm. I think for me, I mean, in the '90s, everyone hated Jordan, but that's just because he was, you know, when you're when you're the goat, everyone just hates you in general because you just keep everyone from winning. Mm. But I think I think in basketball, it's either you hate L.A. or you you hate Boston, and that goes from their rivalry back and forth, and just the fact that they have like half the NBA Finals. Sure. So it's that hating the success. Granted, both teams have been down, and that's allowed, you know, the likes of the rest of the NBA to have their, you know, 15th sense of fame and shine and a couple seasons of success. But I think if you if you really push someone, they're either going to say, "Hey, I'm a die," you know, I hate the Celtics with a burning passion, or I hate the Lakers with a burning passion. Why? Just it goes. I think it's that traditionalist kind of. A lot of older fans remember uh, when in the eighties, primarily Lakers, Celtics, part whatever. Of you know, sprinkling a couple teams here or there. Houston had you know a little blip, but like, can you really say that historically or even? Right now, even with the Lakers being in the midst of a rebuild, people still want the Lakers to, you know, lose all the rest of the games and then just go down in the burning, you know, ring of fire. People that hate the Celtics want Boston to get to game six or game seven and then collapse again. Like, there's not that same kind of hatred, say, for the Knicks or the Rockets. Now, Right now, people want Golden State to lose because they don't want, you know, the dynasty to keep going and them get a, another NBA championship and kind of another walk in the park. Do I think that's going to happen? No. But that's kind of the reality of the past couple seasons. Where, yeah, they may slip up a little bit, but they're still heads and shoulders above everyone else in the league. So, like, do people really hate the Bulls still? Well, no, they're losing. Yeah, yeah. yeah and they're second to last in the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, you know, 
There's really no, I don't really, I don't think there's really an NBA team I I hate. It's just uh, I think there's some front offices that are toxic, like the Browns. I mean, if you think about it, every losing team would have what they have in common. Usually, it's a bad front office. I mean, that's just like in business in general. Businesses that are usually failing, there's probably some incompetent boob in the front office doing something stupid. Well, I'll tell you the four worst of the NBA. The Pistons have a horrible front office. The Why Knicks have a horrible front office. Why does the Pistons have a horrible front office? Yeah. Tom Gores doesn't show up to games at LCA. He only shows up in Los Angeles. Plus, so, he shows well, they were at the I Palace. Mean, well, when he was at the Palace, he did show up a lot. The games I went to, Tom Gore was there a lot. So I will say that. Now, I don't know about Little Caesars Arena. I haven't been there yet myself. But I have heard that Tom Gore does go to a yeah. lot of games. But I don't know. That's been a couple years since they've been at the Palace. But I do know that. I and he's also wanting to. And he's also wanting to deal a first round pick when they need. You can't afford to give up any more draft capital. So you're not on the Tom Ford bandwagon. I do. you didn't like the hire of Dwayne Casey, did you? Or I mean, well, I think I think Casey's a decent coach. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there's some of these teams that have bad front offices that do have decent coaches. Exhibit A is the Sacramento Kings. I mean, I've said on here how Vivek Ranadive is one of the worst owners in sports. Although I think Chris Illich is worse than he is. But that's another story. And plus, Vladi Divac could be a joke of a GM, too. But I think Dave Yeager is a decent head coach. Mm-hmm. And the kid, yeah, and Kings are doing surprisingly well so yeah, they're all, they're they're gaming it. I mean, I, I honestly like what the Kings have done with huh, and they're I, I mean, I think it was a while back I heard they were one of the top teams in the league in terms of pace. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, today today's NBA is about pace, space and shooting. But basketball in general. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it seems like the Pistons are a team that's doing that completely bass backwards. What are they doing? Trying to Build, trying to build around around a back-to-the-basket big man. Well, he has tried to expand his range, though, shooting threes. <sighs> yeah, that's a joke. But he, but he, he's a dump-down center, and he does have, I mean, he does get sometimes 20-20 games. You, 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 that, that's that's kind of huge. You get 20-20 games at some point and getting rebounds, especially if you're, miss, you're not hitting your threes. So he is valuable. Uh I don't know, his back-to-the-basket game isn't the greatest, and they don't really kind of run that through him. They kind of seem like they run a lot of lobs for him and stuff to get it up to the rim and him to catch it. That's what it seems like to me. Yeah. And and also, oh, something something else, too. Who the, uh, the difference between, in the Western Conference, between first place and... 14th, 12 and a half games. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the West, I think, and the West is definitely a lot more competitive. The East, on the other hand, they currently, the difference between first and, the difference between first and ninth is 12 and a half games. There's between the Milwaukee Bucks and the Pistons. Hmm. Yeah, the East is, is going to be kind of interesting. Uh, do you think the Raptors can stay, still stay atop the East and come out of there, or go the Celtics regroup and get it together? Also, Jimmy Butler and his, his chaos in Philadelphia seems like he's being more of a cancer 
than really an answer, which I'm not surprised by, as I told everyone. I mean, I do think Boston is going to get things rolling, so you're pretty much going to have five, five teams from the East who can make it to a Finals. Milwaukee, Toronto, Indy, Indiana I'll throw in there, even though I think they're the least likely. Philly is in the mix as well. Same with Boston. And I don't, I can't, I don't see Brooklyn, who, that, that's been another surprise too. The Brooklyn Nets are Spencer four. Dinwiddie coming. Oh, I remember another guy that the Pistons so, let get away. Well, let's be honest, Frank. When he was with the Pistons, he was looking quite trash. So you can't sit there and say, oh, they, oh, they messed that one up too, because <laughs> they looked, they looked really trash. I mean, l- let's be honest here, Frank. This was Dinwiddie. <laughs> When he was with the Pistons, he was looking like that. So you can't. Yeah. I'll, I'll give a mulligan to the Pistons for that one. And then the rest of the East. Miami currently in seventh. It's uh, the farewell tour for Dwayne Wade. Which you probably, for the All Star game, he'll probably get on that list because it's, you know, he's fan voting. Fan voting. Well, not even fan voting, but just sentimental between the players. Because I think it goes fan vote, media vote, then coaches vote. I don't think there's an East-West anymore. It's basically you put a whole bunch of people in there and then they get picked. Yeah. Which I believe this year will be televised. That is true. And the Charlotte Hornets currently sitting eighth. The only good thing, really good thing over them, Miles Bridges will be in the dunk contest. Ooh. I'll be, I'll actually watch, I'll be watching that. Well, uh, Stinks that Donovan Mitchell won't be defending his title. But look at the rest of the West. Golden State back up in front. Denver in second place. Plays only a game back. Denver's done very well. Well, I mean, this uh, they could be a sleeper. Portland's still hanging around. Oklahoma City is still there. Spur, the Spurs, I know, at the beginning of the year look dead in the water. They're up to fifth right now. Houston seemingly kind of gotten things figured out. The Jazz went for looked like they were going to be the Az again. Old bit. <laughs> yeah, that is an old bit as you brought that up. And, but I think but they're starting to get things going again. I think Donovan Mitchell's breaking out of his sophomore slump. And the Lakers still just hanging around the eighth spot. Uh, who knows if they end up jumping up? Because if they if they end up beating the Warriors in the first round, the streak of LeBron getting past the first round of the playoffs every time he's gotten in is going to come to an end. You think so? More than likely. Is is Luke Walton on the hot seat? Ooh, hard to say. Or is it that Brandon Ingram doesn't look like the star? They thought, I never thought he was ever going to be a yeah, star. Brand, I, mean, I don't think he has that fire in him. I think Kyle doesn't. Kuzma can be a really good, nice Kuz piece. Is but Kuz I don't think he's going to be a star. But I think Brandon Ingram, I, I never really saw the hype with him. I think it was all potential. Even when he was at Duke, tall, lanky guy. But he, he's not a dominant guy. He's a, he's a good basketball player. Yeah, I mean, the rest of the West. Clippers still above five hundred, only half a game out. Kings a game and a half out. I, I would not be shocked to see the Kings make the playoffs. Uh, so the Timberwolves are still, still alive. 
alive. Same with the Pelicans, the Mavericks. I think. Can we just go ahead and say give Luka Doncic Rookie of the Year? Everybody's saying that. Everybody's saying that he's got that on lock. Yeah, but it is always somebody. The only one, the only one who's probably remotely close to him is Jared Jackson in Memphis. Memphis, and he's not getting talked about. But then again, though, I like to always see what happens toward the end of the season because remember, rookies hit rookie walls, and there's some that hit them beginning of the season that try to get acclimated to the NBA. Some hit them midseason. Some hit them at the end of the season. So before we anoint Luka Doncic and giving him the Rookie of the Year award, I like to see how the full season comes about. David, I mean, plus is you know. There's always Ben Simmons. He's putting his name back in the hat. <laughs> You're not serious. I mean, he was he a rookie last year? Yeah. Well, that was the first year he actually played. Yeah, that was the first year he played. So he was a Ben. So Ben Simmons was rookie of the year for last year, not this year. So that's the, the whole him and Donovan Mitchell debate. So, but uh, yeah, that's like like when we were doing the mock draft. Kind of thinking back, I thought Aiden would be, you know, didn't really surprise me or wild me in, at Arizona. And I was thought, hey, get this guy, Luka Doncic. He has the European connection for both within Phoenix and in Sacramento. I thought it was crazy that he dropped all the way to five. I think Luka Doncic will be the player of this draft. And people in five, ten years are going to be like, yeah, Aiden, he's a big man who's you know, really stretchy, but he's still raw. Marvin Bagley, yeah, he's he's an okay player. Like he's not bad. He's not like dumpster fire. But Luka Doncic, Luka, da- Luka Doncic is a unicorn. He's a why is he a unicorn? Big guy, and he's basically he's basically a point guard. I mean, his step back game is ferocious. Yeah, he 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 is the unicorn. So we got ten more minutes here, fellas. Final thoughts? Well, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens lead up to the All Star game and the NBA trade deadline as well. Yeah, that, that is very true. Uh, <laughs> uh, that yeah yeah yeah. I, I, like what about the Saturday night games? What are you guys looking forward to? I always like this time of the year. Obviously, we're gonna probably be snowed in with bad weather. So order a pizza. And watch some Saturday Night Basketball. I know here in this area, people hate the NBA and don't think there's any defense play. But when you're playing some of the best players in the world, night in and night out, there's no way you're going to be able to play defense all out on some of these guys. They're just going to wear you out. But looking at the Saturday Night Night games, what are some that you like? Well, I think tonight is uh, Lakers and Rockets. Although, I think, is LeBron still out? Yeah, LeBron. Oh, he's, uh, he's still in the promo. Yeah. Here's a take for you. Russell Westbrook isn't an all-star in the West. He wouldn't start at the point guard for the Golden State Warriors, Portland Trailblazers. Where would you put him when Chris Paul's healthy with the Houston Rockets? Ooh. He's not a starter on many of the elite teams. Ooh. Mm. That's a sizzler. What do I you mean, think? you could you can put him at like I don't, I granted he he's not a two guard, but you could like say in Portland you could go small ball, and I mean granted probably wouldn't work as well in Houston, but you I can see him and Damian in the backcourt together. I can see him. No, him and uh, McCollum are no. I think that's like, a better backcourt. It would be court. like a super super small lineup mm. if you put McCollum at the three, which they wouldn't do. But yeah, 
like Houston would probably be if you put Paul Westbrook and then Harden at the three. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think he's too ball dominant. I mean, yeah. this is on a regular team. Now, all-star games, obviously, you go the, the give and go and all that stuff, but I don't know. Yeah, well, speaking of of Westbrook, he'll be an extra 3.30 today on ABC. That's going to be weird seeing an afternoon game on Saturday. Well, I think what, a, what ABC does, does like their does their Saturday NBA action. I think they always they last year they did this. They start off with a, a three thirty game, but then they'll have an eight thirty game. Right, right. Why not just do a double header or something like that? Right after the local news, do a seven and a nine or something. A, a, a seven and nine thirty. Yeah. He or do or. But the, mean, ESPN does that, huh? Well, yeah, ESPN and TNT do that. Do I'm, a seven and nine thirty. Well, or 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 an eight and a ten thirty, or a seven thirty and a ten. I gotta ask you guys this question: What is better, having a Saturday night game or maybe having a triple header on Sunday, like the NBA, like like our old cohorts at NBC used to do? Um, I like I like the I like the Saturday night action better. Why? I think you got a chance to get more eyes on it. Mm-hmm. Like, well, this is what they used to do. Yeah. Remember? I don't know if you guys remember this. Yeah, it, it used to be that was a long time ago. Bulls, noon. Then, it, then they'd go over to the Midwest a little bit, maybe do a uh, Jazz Blazers in Utah. And then for the Western Conference game, late game of the afternoon, Lakers, Spurs, next on NBC. Remember that? Or sometimes they had even the quadruple header. This was a good one. Like it would be Bulls, Pistons at noon. Knicks, Pacers at two. Regional regional coverage at four. Sometimes sometimes when they did the quadruple header, they would do your first two games. And then that third game was regional coverage. A Midwest where it would be Houston, Utah. And then the Western Conference game when Charles Barkley played for the Suns, it'd be like Suns Supersonics at 5.30. Yeah. And then this. What would be better? A Saturday or, night or, game? Or do like on Christmas, have a quintuple header. You have a nooner. A you have nooner. a nooner on ESPN. Mm-hmm. No, no, you can't well, I mean, you, you really no. can't do that like every week. Why not? Like a quintuple... Like five games on a Sunday? Yeah, you can. I, this this on a Sunday on a yeah, you can. Why can't you, David? Why can't you do a quadruple header every Sunday? Think about it. There's some there are some teams out there people would love to see. You, this is how you. This is the point of how we start to have a life lesson and how to market. Think about it. How many teams want to see the Greek Freak in the Bucks? Bing. There's one team. Kyrie Irving in the Celtics. Bing. That's yeah. two teams. Wally Leonard and the Raptors. Bing. That's three teams. Yeah. That's three teams right off the bat. And that's in the Eastern Conference. Right off the bat. Exactly. Contact your local provider, get NBA TV. No. Think about it, David. Think about it. We've got a whole bunch of teams that we could do here for the quadruple header. Let's see here. I mean, or, I, or, that's, just, that's got, just off the top of the dome. You got Joel, Joel and and B, B, the, the Sixers. Sixers. Bing. I mean, look, this 330 game, you got. Look how much star power you got in the 330 game. You got 
Westbrook and Paul George from the Thunder and the Sixers. You got Jimmy Butler. You got Joel Embiid. You got Ben Simmons. Hello. Pacers, even you can even do a, throw a couple Pacers games in there with Victor Oladipo. There's plenty of star power to go around where you can do a quintuplet every Sunday, to be honest with you. Think about it. To be honest with you, you got uh, Atlanta, you throw them a bone with Trey Young once in a while. You always got to throw one of those bootylicious teams a bone. Like, here you go. Or how about the, or even though the Mavericks aren't doing that well. Doncic. 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 I mean, or some, I mean, look, the Suns are the the Phoenix Suns are ass this year, but you know who they they've got Uh-oh, they've got Devin update Booker. Alert, update alert: Wisconsin is beating Michigan fifty five fifty one with two minutes to go in the second half. Ooh boy, ooh boy, and I wonder it's it's on ESPN. But think about that. Look at all that star power that you got. You you team me to tell me you can't do a quadruple header for and remember we start in January, so. You go from January to mid-April, so you basically you got a solid February, March, April, three months. You can't tell me on three month time span that you can do a quadruple header with all that talent. I mean, I'm not saying that you can't do it. I'm just saying, with between all the other night games throughout the week, nah, do you want to oversaturate? No one's over. How is it oversaturating? It's not oversaturating anything. How many people are actually watching those night games? Not many. But people are off on the weekend. It's prime time during the day in the middle of winter when people need to stay in the house. But that, I mean, how many how many people that are die that aren't diehard NBA fans are going to sit down and watch? They're going to watch Bucks Pacers. But well, they might Sunday. they might not watch the Bucks Pacers, but they might watch a beginning of it and then come back for another hard hitting game of Oklahoma City and Houston. I mean, yeah. I mean, granted, David, there's going to be a couple games. It's going to be up and down. There's going to be probably games that are going to be real high, and there's going to be some that are going to be real low. I mean, I mean, let, let's face it. Let's say we got Milwaukee, Boston at noon. You got that one in there, and then, like you said before, maybe we we go with the uh, Detroit and Indiana. You know, just to throw them a bone. Some people aren't going to really watch the game, but some people are going to watch it because of the Greek freak. But you're trying to get the Greek freak freak out there. For the fan base. So, you know, that's why you put that game on there. Then, after that game is over, you probably go with the 5 o'clock game, Oklahoma City and uh, uh, Houston. Okay, we got that in there. And then the the late night game could be the Lakers and Golden State. Yeah. Boom. I mean, and I'm even look, I'm going to jump Boom. ahead to next Saturday as well. There's, a, there's only five games on the slate. The ABC game is Warriors and Celtics. I mean, look. That, that we don't even need to make mention of the star power in that one, but I mean, if you wanted to really, pl- if you really wanted to play with it, pretty much all the games you got something there: Spurs, Pelicans. You've got Lamarcus Aldridge, yep. Hedge going against the Brow. Yep, the Pacers, Grizzlies, Oladipo, Ho for the Pacers, and you've got. Jaron Jackson, who's becoming a star. You got young, the you even got the young stars too. Some of these teams that are subpar, they've got guys who are going to be stars. Hard, it's like hard. I mean, you mentioned Trey Young for Atlanta. They play Portland ten o'clock at night. That's a good game. I think. I mean, that's not something that you would show all the time. Yeah, but that could be a, a mean, Trey Young. Some, there's, there's you know Trey Young going against, against Damian, Damian Lillard, or or even. 
Even Sixers Nuggets. Yeah. You got Nuggets that. are one of the surprise teams this year. Even the Clippers were kind of a surprise. So you got plenty of star power to do quadruple headers. Now, am I going to say it's going to be hitting it out of the park every Sunday? No. It's not. And I mean, let's, let's be honest. It's not. And I don't think every Sunday is going to be a quadruple header because of how the schedule goes and where teams are traveling. You might meet one Sunday a quadruple header, then the next one you, a quintuple header or whatever. Next Sunday you might only get a triple header because that's just how the schedule works out for the teams. But there's enough star power to go around in the NBA where you can possibly do three to four games each Sunday. Yeah, and he, even even the, the, the Saturday before the Super Bowl, this would... You could probably do something here with this. You got the A thirty ABC game, Lakers Warriors. That's in La La Land, right? Uh, that's gonna be at Oracle. Oracle again, okay. And and by that time, LeBron should be back. Exactly. And there's already a good storyline with it already, so you know everyone's gonna be watching that. Oh yeah. Um, let's see. I'm. Lo- I mean, I'm looking at some of the other ones. I mean, you got Spurs and Pelicans is another A thirty game. Pacers Heat. Well, you might, in case you want to have a Dwayne Wade farewell game, you throw in there. There, uh, Nuggets Timberwolves at nine o'clock that night. All right, there's something. You got something there. I mean, the Timberwolves you've got you've got star power with with Carl Anthony Towns and Derrick Rose, who is seemingly gone through, going through a renaissance. Yes, he is a possible All Star candidate. Ten more minutes, <clears throat> and, he, and even sit Sixers and Kings. I mean, I've I've said we the Kings are just a game above five hundred, but you know they got star De'Aaron Fox says he's the fastest player in the NBA. I mean, they're, they're, you got a point that the Kings are a young and upcoming team. That's a team that you kind of throw in there on Sundays just to. So that you know they can get some of that national exposure. So you're kind of you're getting national exposure to some of the young and up and coming teams, and then also having the firepower. As I said before, it's going to be a home run every Sunday, probably not, but it's probably going to be a home run enough Sundays. And in baseball, if you can hit the ball really three out of ten times, you're actually a pretty good hitter. Which, but if you do three out of ten times on a test, or you only get three answers right on a test out of ten questions, you're pretty much a loser and you fail. So that's the same thing with this analogy here with with the NBA. As long as you can be about 30% half the 30 to 40% of of the games each week, I would even say 20% even too are actually pretty formidable, you're still going to hit it out the park. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean David, I mean I'm I'm looking for the rebuttal here. I know. No, I mean kind of just going through some of those Matchups that Frank was listing, it's it's more of kind of yes, it's getting recognizable names out in the mainstream. It's getting people that even if the casual basketball fan, they may not you know give two you know, craps about the Grizzlies, but hey, you recognize Jaron Jackson, Jackson because you know Paul Gasol or, or Marcus Marcus Mar- Mar- Gasol or even uh, Conley. Yeah, like you like when you get those recognizable names, that helps at least somewhat get out the regional fan base. But in terms of, like, national market, like, outside of, like, let's just use the Hawks Blazers. Like, yes, people know about Damian Lillard, D.D. McCollum, but, like, how many people stay up? Like, there's already the issue now of people staying, you know, the West Coast games are already too late for East Coast and all that stuff. Like, 
they've been trying to address that for years. There's nothing really you can do outside of pushing those starts up to like 5.30 Eastern at 5 o'clock on the East Coast. But it's like trying to get those recognizable names is like out in the mainstream at a time where everyone can see it. So, you know, Sunday at a, you know, three o'clock or one o'clock may be better for, probably wouldn't be better for a West Coast team because that's, you know, an 11 o'clock tip, which you can do that, but yeah. Yeah. I guess I'm just looking at it from the perspective of kind of is it star power or record, just getting as many recognizable names that the casual fan can like, like, Oh yeah, that name rings a bell. That, that name looks familiar. I think I've heard of that name. And then from there kind of getting the superlatives of getting all the other storylines that are attached to these respective teams or players or individual matchups kinds of things. Yeah, like I said, I, I I like it. Um, but I, man, it's so profitable. But uh, it, it, I just love this time of the year with some NBA basketball. And fellas, what you guys got going on for the weekend? Championship Sunday in the NFL. That's it. Well, I know you're gonna be watching some of that NBA, right? Yeah, I'll be. I'll definitely be tuned into Lakers and Warriors. David, does Duke go down again? Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. Duke, Virginia at 6 o'clock. Oh, that's another one. That'll be a that'll be a nice little appetizer. I don't know. I'm still, as I play the music, NBA on NBC music. Duke, Florida State always plays well at uh, at Florida State against Duke. It's, that's been historically like that. So I wasn't surprised by that game. Syracuse, who do they lose to? Syracuse? Yeah, they lost to Cuse at OT. But Cuse have always played Duke well at Cameron Indoor Stadium, too. And, and the I gave Cuse give... Talk. Huh? And I gave a pep talk when I was up there last week, and I'm just saying... Oh, you gave Syracuse <laughs> a pep talk? Yeah, it's like, come on. Bayheim lets you give a pep talk to his guys, David. I'm sure Bayheim has got that pretty much covered. Yeah. Uh, but think about it. Everybody struggles with Syracuse in that zone. So... You know that's that's just what that is. Just like teams struggle, just like certain teams struggle against Dundee zone defense. What do they play like a matchup zone? Eh, yeah, it's a it's a, it's a form of a matchup zone. It's like very aggressive, where they play more of the passing lanes. You think something's open, and then they steal it. Well, well, it's basically just hard, it's hard to get the it's hard to get the ball inside, and you pretty much got you pretty much just gotta stay in your area, stay on. Don't leave your feet. Hmm. Because I know Perrysburg does that type of zone. But anyway, Duke, Virginia, uh, they play that pack line defense, which they've, they've tried to make famous. I don't – I think it's a gimmick. But. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's kind of – it is kind of similar to what we – there are some tendencies from that we did play last night against Hillsdale. What? Well, uh, the pack line where we basically just pack, – we packed it in. Mm-hmm. And man tried it and made them shoot. It's basically a pack line is basically a man zone. Sagging, it's a sagging man. Yeah, it's a yeah. We we've we've played we've played that we played that a couple other times too. David. Yeah, outside of Virginia Duke championship football Sunday, maybe a little splash of 
on the college basketball and just to see what other team will stumble, go down. Will Michigan actually be number one in the country? Nope. They will not. Oh, they just lost. First loss of the season, 64-54 to 54 to Whiskey. Oh, boy. It's always tough to go to Madison. Yeah, you're right. At the yeah, I, yeah, and they're... Let's see. I'm looking at the box score. Iggy Brasdikas did not do a crap. Zero points. Wow. that That's kind of bad for him. Ugh, that is rough. Ethan Happ dropping 26. So that'll be all was talked about. I mean, they had a good... But it's it's almost impossible to go undefeated uh, uh, in college basketball, though, right? It is. It is. It's almost. Yeah. It's almost. I rather. I tell people sometimes. I rather just lose than uh, than go undefeated. Yeah. Here we go. Right here. Michigan has lost sixty-four to fifty-four. So now who goes up? So now Does it Virginia really matter? probably has a chance. Does it really to jump matter? To it's one. mid-January. Who cares who's number one? The only time that it matters yeah, who's number one is really at the worried. end of April. That's who's number one. I'm not. I'm not going to get too obsessed. The team over. holding the trophy is number one. Exactly. All right. Well, fellas, we had a great show today. Um, stayed on here. It's snowmageddon. It's still snowing. Uh, Lucas County is under a level two snow emergency. They're not the only one under level two. Hancock County is under level two. Obviously, the the what about Wood? Wood County is a level one. What? Oh wait, Wood County's not even listed. Oh, Wood County said man up. Because the latest alert I got from Channel Eleven said that Hancock went under level two. Henry County just went under level one. Wow, the country roads. Wow, I wonder how that that system's working. But Wood County, yeah, Wood Wood County has nothing. Wood County has nothing, and Toledo Police are currently operating on a phase two. They're only responding to injury accidents. Right, exactly, exactly. So exchange phone numbers. Guys, people people be out there safe. Uh, this has been a presentation of 88.3 WXUT's After Further Review. Always check us out Saturdays, 11 to 1. We went over a little bit. We went to 2 o'clock. We came in the studio about 11.30. Got to listen to David the Man of God Harris earlier in the day. Uh, make sure you check out our podcast on SoundCloud and on uh, iTunes, and also we'll be uh, broadcasting if we're live in the studio on our Facebook page after further review sports show. Make sure you go to that, like it, and we'll post it up. And then instead of having segments on my own personal page, we'll actually have the full show on that. For Frank and David, I'm Derek Lawson. We'll see you guys next week, same time, same place, either taped or live, 11 to 1 here after further review, 88.3 WXUT.